Amen. Great is our Lord. Amen. He is worthy of our praise. You can be seated. If you have your Bibles, turn once again and for the last time to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter number 4. And we're going to read verses 18 through 22. And I'm going to do something unusual this morning, not uh, like I normally do. And so please just stay uh, with me as we go through these verses. Ruth chapter number 4 and look at verse 18 through 22. I'll read our text, Ruth 4, 18. Now these are the generations of Pharaz. Pharaz begat Hazron, and Hazron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amenadab, and Amenadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begot David. And uh, we're going to look at this text, and I want to speak to you this morning on this subject related to royalty. Related to royalty. Let's seek God's face in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. I thank you for the Lord Jesus. I thank you for the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who reigns supreme above all things. Father, I am so grateful that through Jesus, I am related to you. I've become a part of your family. And God, being heir and joint heir in Jesus Christ, gives me special seeding as far as being related to God. Special privileges that we have. And God, as we take the word of God and, and, and illustrate the truth that uh, through Ruth, uh, God, I pray that you give a special insight to the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus and God our Father. God, speak to hearts. Encourage hearts this morning. God, encourage my heart. I need these truths to be magnified and made, made big in my own life. I pray you do that for all of us. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. The son of the reigning king of England always carries the title of the Prince of Wales. If you notice that when it comes to Prince Charles, he's always known by the title of Prince of Wales until recently when Queen Elizabeth passed away, he became king, uh, the king of England, uh, King Charles. Well, years ago, there was a Prince Philip who was the Prince of Wales and he had grown up kind of weary of his father's palace. He felt, you know, you notice that a lot of times they tell stories about prince and princesses that kind of feel hemmed up in this life of a prince. Well, Prince Philip felt that way. And so he had found a way to escape the palace without anybody knowing. And so Prince Philip was in the habit of dressing himself up in rags and kind of dirtying his face a little bit. And then he would sneak out of the palace into the streets and take up with the, with the wild ruffians that kind of ran the streets of England back in the days. They didn't know. They didn't know he was the prince, uh, the Prince of Wales, uh, uh, Prince Philip. They just knew him by the name he called himself, Ted. They knew him as Ted. Ted would show up every now and then 
and he'd join up with whatever the boys were doing and then Ted would find his way away from them. Well, one day Ted went out and was carrying on with some of these lads running the streets and one of them dared Ted to take a rock and it seemed like Ted was always into trouble and uh, doing stuff that would cause the other boys just to kind of take a step back. Ted didn't, Ted didn't hold back. And one of the boys dared Ted to take a rock and try to knock the hat off of one of the police officers, or bobbies as they was known. If you ever seen those bobbies in England, they have these long, tall, round hats that they wear. Those bobbies, those policemen. And one of those boys dared Ted to throw a rock and see if he could hit the policeman's hat off. Well, he didn't hit the hat off, he hit the policeman. And so as soon as the policeman was hit by the rock, and he turns around, and he sees these two boys running off. Well, the chase is on. He's chasing them for several box blocks. Finally, he reaches out and grabs the two boys and shakes them real good. And he said, boys, he started to talk to him. He said, boy, what's your name? He looked at one boy who happened to be Ted or Prince Philip. He shook him. He said, boy, what's your name? And the little boy responded by saying, I'm the Prince of Wales. Well, the, the surprised by the outlandish response, the officer said, that's enough of your lip. Young man, what's your real name? And again, the same response come back from the ragged, disguised boy. I'm the Prince of Wales. More frustrated than ever with the lad, the officer demanded, listen, I've had enough of this. This is a very serious offense. I'm molesting a police officer like this. Now tell me what your name is. And once again, without hesitation, the boy stuck his chin out and said, I'm the Prince of Wales. Well, frustrated with the young lad, he, he turns to the other one. Maybe he could find out by finding out who this boy is. And he looked at the other boy and said, well, what's your name then? The little ruffian with a shy grin said, oh, I'm the Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> well, the Prince of Wales may not have looked like a prince, but he was a prince nonetheless. And that's what I want to focus in on this in these final chapter of the book of Ruth we're given this lineage in the last several verses a lineage that, that that takes place that leads to David who would be the king of Israel you know we're given this lineage and we learn that although although Ruth was a new bride and she might have been seen as marrying into a good family there in Bethlehem it was much more than just your average marriage. Because in the reality of it, Ruth became related through marriage to royalty. Remember, in this last part, it connects them straight to King David. Now, here's what I'm going to do this morning that's a little, a little off the beaten path for me, okay? I pride myself as a preacher to... To stick closely with God's Word. And, and, and the truth that I draw from it comes directly from the text. What we can infer from it, what we can take from it. I'm sticking to the text 99.999% of the time. But this morning I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to take that tiny little percentage of the time when I'm not sticking closely to the text... And I want to build for you an illustration, if you will. I want you to have a, 
a, a, a biblical imagination this morning. And I promise you we're going to tie it into the Word of God. Uh, I, I, we're going to make proper application. But I want you to imagine with me a situation between Ruth and David. And some of the possibilities of that relationship and how that they apply to our saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So let me do it this way. I'm going to give you five points of this uh, 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 relationship between Ruth and David. And we're going to explore that for a moment. So, so, so get your thinking camp on and, and give me a little bit of your imagination this morning and go with me. The first thing I want you to see is she, Ruth, is ascribed a royal title. Now, in order for you to understand my illustration, you have to concede some things with me this morning. So, so concede some things to me. Number one, you need to concede that Ruth, although being the great-grandmother of David, you have to concede that for this illustration to work, that she's still alive and saw the ascension of David to his throne. Now think about it with me. Those people in biblical times, they, you know, they lived quite a, quite a long time. I mean, into the 100s and 120s and maybe even the 130s. You know, they lived a long time. Even after the flood, there's a, a prolonged life than what we would kind of normally see today. And so it's not a complete stretch of the imagination to think about how that Ruth may well have not only known her great, her great grandson, which and that's, that's in the realm of possibility. I, you know, uh, my uh, my mother-in-law and 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 my parents they know my great grandson Weston, and and more than likely will have the pleasure of knowing the little lad for uh, probably the next ten, maybe even ten years, maybe eight years. Know him until he's about 18 years old. So there's the possibility that, 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 that they'll know him well into his, almost his adult years. Now, if you stretch that out in Bible times, the Bible, what scholars tell us and what we can infer from the scriptures is that David came to the throne at around 30 years old. So Ruth might have been living. Now, she, granted, I get it, she would have been old. But she might have been living when David took to the throne. And so for this, for what I want you to do is take your mind's eye with me and think about great-grandmother Ruth. She's sitting on a rocking chair in Bethlehem on her front porch. Boaz died several years ago and so she's, she's alone now. She's sitting, an old lady sitting on her porch uh, thinking about things and and she begins to wonder, I wonder how my great-grandson David is doing. I wonder how he's doing. I haven't seen him in a while. I, I, you know, I'd, really like to, I'd really like to go see him. I, I'd really like to, uh, to, to see him. I, I, think I, I think I'll just sit out on the little five-mile walk from Bethlehem to Jerusalem and go see him. I think I'm going to go see my great-grandson. I can see her getting ready for the trip. She's maybe packing a little bag. Maybe she's got some pieces of bread in there, a little bit of water, and 
She's going to maybe put it on a, a, little, a little mule with her, and she's going to take you walking down the, walking down the road. Hit, and I can see people, Miss Ruth, are you, are you going, to, going somewhere today? Oh, yes, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to go into Jerusalem today. Well, that's quite a walk. Uh, it must be something important for that you want to see. Oh, yes, I'm going down to Jerusalem to see the king. Well, they uh, kind of startled by that. Miss Ruth, don't you know that they just don't let anybody go in and see the king? You, you've got to be a, a dignitary. You've got to be somebody to see the king. Oh, you don't understand, though, she says. You, you don't understand. You see, I am related to King David. He is my great-grandson. I am related to royalty. You see, she's got a royal title. Now, how is this possible? How is it possible that, that a Moabite, and we know, we've gone over this, Moabite people were a condemned people. They were a cursed people. How in the world could this woman, this old woman, from a cursed people be now related to the king of Israel. She, from her lineage, is outside the covenant promises. The, the God of Israel doesn't owe her anything but the judgment of God. How is this possible? Through the amazing grace of God, through the providence of God, the guiding hand of sovereign knowledge driving her, bringing her to just the right field to meet just the right man who would love her and accept her and bring him, redeem her into his family. She went from being cursed to being royalty. Listen, I may not have a very well-known or great family name. I may be a loser as far as many senses of the word go to the surrounding world. I don't appear to be a great mover and shaker in today's culture. But by virtue of what God did in my life when I was a 21-year-old college student on my way to hell, how that Jesus Christ saved me, changed me, adopted me, brought me into His family, I've got a royal title now. I mean, as far as God is concerned, you're looking at someone of rather importance in his family. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him that we may, also be, may be also glorified together. Galatians 4, 3-5 Even so we, when we were children, were in this bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons time and time again. We are called on as the people of God to cry out to heaven, Abba, Father. That most intimate name, that most intimate name of relationship to our heavenly Father. I'm an heir of God. I'm in the family of God. Join heir with my brother Jesus Christ. 
And if you're saved by God's grace today, you have the same entitlement and the family of God. You're related to royalty. She has an, an ascribed a royal title. Also, she is admitted to a royal throne. Now, I'm sure you can picture Miss, Miss Ruth walking down the side of the road with her little donkey every now and then she hops up on him and rides a little bit then she gets down and she's making that five mile trek and all along the path all along the road she's, she's beginning to think about David how much she loves David remember when he was knee I remember when he's knee high to a grasshopper now he's the big king of Israel oh I love I love David and, and the more she thought about him the quicker the trip went until finally she is within eyesight of the palace where the king resides. Outside the palace there are two guards at the door watching, watching as this little frail old woman makes her way coming closer and closer and she doesn't turn to the left and she doesn't turn to the right but she looks like she's coming right up to the door of the palace. One of the guards looks at the other and said, Who in the world does this woman think she is? She's acting like we're just going to let her come right on in to the palace. Who is this old woman? The other guard says, Hold on a minute. Watch what you say. Don't make the same mistake I did several years ago. She may not look like much, but she's related to King David. She is His Majesty's great-grandmother, Ruth. As she walks within earshot, the guard says, Hello, Miss Ruth. Good to see you today. Are you here to visit the king today? With a nod of her head and a grin on her lips, she replies, Yes, yes. I love my great-grandson. I love him so much. I don't want to take up a lot of his time. I know he's busy. And I'm just going to come for a short visit. The doors to the king's palace fling open. They stand at attention as Miss Ruth makes her way and hobbles down the hall. Ma'am, you know where it is, don't you? Right at the end of the hall, take a left. And you'll go, go straight ahead and you'll go right in to the throne room. Yes, yes, I know where it is. And she goes down the hall and she turns to the left. And all of a sudden she finds herself there. She sees King David. He's surrounded by his administrators and all of his representatives and his counselors. And they're, they're talking about things that have to do with the kingdom. All of the myriad of things that a king has to manage with a, with a great vast kingdom as David does. And then all of a sudden, Miss Ruth, she shuffles straight past all of them and comes straight to her grandson. David, all of a sudden, instead of condemning her and putting her on the waiting list, Grandma Ruth, I'm so glad that you're here. Come right on in. What an unexpected surprise. Come, come, sit right next to me. Come next to me, grandmother. She makes her way up there. David is so pleased to see her. He drops everything and begins to talk with her. Hold her hand, kiss her forehead. Oh, oh, and that is just what she came for. Every one of us. Every one of us, no matter how outwardly strong we are, we are hobbling and scrimping and 
limping through this life on this, on this weary path. We get discouraged along the way. We get weary and we get tired. But I'm going to tell you there is no condition in life that cannot be cured by a visitation with the King of Kings, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And just as Ruth was invited into the presence of the King, so we are invited into Jesus' presence to receive fellowship with Him, to talk with Him, to have His strength and His encouragement, to have the kiss of His favor on our brows. Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold forth, the, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promise. This book tells me that I can invade His presence, that I can come to His throne of grace. Hebrews 2.18, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Ephesians 3.12 In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. We can come to Him. We don't have to have an intermediary. There's no reason that the guards of heaven would ever stop us from coming in to the presence of Jesus. And coming where we might find grace in the time of need. That, that phrase time of need means in the nick of time. Just in a moment's notice, we are welcome to come to Jesus. We have access to the throne room of God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. She's ascribed a royal title. She's admitted to a royal throne. Thirdly, she is appointed to a royal table. Appointed to a royal table. Keep going with me in the imagination here. Grandma, great-grandmother Ruth is been spending time with her great-grandson, the king, and they have laughed and cried and hugged and had a wonderful time together. She, as the conversation dies and lulls, she says, Well, I'd better be going. Bethlehem is, is, a, is a little bit of a track for an old woman like myself. Now, I know you're busy and I don't, I don't mean to keep you long. David said, No. No, you have to stay for dinner tonight. I'll not take no for an answer. I've already instructed my servants to prepare a place at the table for you. Now, now there will be some dignitaries there. Don't, 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 don't let that worry you at all. There's going to be some heads of state. There's going to be some really important people at this table. But don't you mind them one bit. You come in, my servants will tell you where to sit, and you come in and have dinner Please have dinner with me. From there, Grandma Ruth was led down the great hall to a long regal table filled with magnificent dinner arrangements. Ruth thinks to herself, I'm going to have to be on my, my best behavior tonight, my best etiquette. I've I got to make sure I use the right fork, you know. You're supposed to go down the line as you eat. She's, she's all worried about, about what's going to happen and how she's going to fit in and 
And so the servants, oh, come, come, Miss Ruth, come right here. Have a seat right here. They seat her pretty close to the head of the table. And so as she's sitting there, as the dinner begins, all of these ambassadors and dignitaries in their royal robes, they come in and they sit down. All the sons of David that would have been her great-great-grandsons and daughter, they come and sit around at the table. And she's starting to notice that the table is filling up all the way around the table except for where she's sitting. There is a conspicuous place next to her that is empty. And all of a sudden the king comes in. David enters the room. Everybody stands to attention as David comes and he sits right next to Mama Ruth. And King nods at others, they crowd the table, and they sit next to Ruth. And the two enjoy a wonderful meal together. The king talks to her as if she is the only one in the room. Likewise, we are invited to the table that Christ has prepared for us. Do you remember that parable? He said about the great man that have a great feast and he bade many. All things are now ready. Come and eat. Everybody come to the table. Jesus said in John 7, 37, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Ye learn of me, for I am meek and lowly at heart, and ye shall find rest for unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Just as Jesus in John 21 prepared coals and fish on the fire and bade his disciples to come and eat. Jesus says to us like that old song sings, come and dine, come and dine. The master calleth, come and dine. There's not one thing lacking on the table that God has prepared for us by his word. We have everything for sustenance, nutrition, strength for this life. Uh, strength for our defense, strength for our encouragement, our, our, our waging the battle, the life that we're living. Everything is provided for us that we need at the table of God's Word. Number four, she is ascribed a royal title. She's admitted to a royal throne. She's appointed to a royal table. Also, she is assigned a royal transport. Toward the end of the dinner, Miss Ruth thanks her great-grandson for the meal, but insists that she's got to be making her way back home. Five miles may not seem like much to you, young man, but it's going to be pretty tough for me. And so it's a long journey back to Bethlehem, especially for such an old woman as she. So the king says, now Mama Ruth, I'm, I'm so glad you came today. It was a thrill to see you and spend time with you. Now, I need you to know that as a king, I got a lot of responsibilities. And in order to fulfill these responsibilities, I have to go sometimes here, and I got to go sometimes there. I've got go, to go places in a moment's notice. Therefore, there is always a chariot that's ready for me in case I need to go anywhere. So what I've done is I've instructed that this royal chariot be brought here and to take you and it's going to take you back home. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's ready. It's waiting out front. Mamaw Ruth, please 
Ride in this chariot and let them take you home. I won't hear of another word otherwise. At the front of the palace, they say their goodbyes. And she steps in the most beautiful, comfortable chariot she's ever seen. She can't believe that she's riding back to Bethlehem in transportation fit for a king. She grins and smiles at people along the road that seemingly bow. They think the king is coming and they bow to her. She giggles to herself. They think the king's on here and it's just me. Is she? Well, she is related to royalty. Brothers and sisters, I don't have to walk uh, I, I, we don't have to walk and hobble through the Christian experience under our own power, under our own strength and ability. No, we've been with the King. We've known Jesus Christ and He has provided the transportation that we need to be carried through this life. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a Christ that carries us through his life. There is a Christ that enables us, that strengthens us by his Spirit to make it through this life. Thank God every now and then. When I can't take another step, His grace bears me along. His mercy sees fit uh, to uh, uh, cease to it that I reach my destination. Do you need grace to carry you along today? Well, you have been assigned a royal transportation. His Holy Spirit, the one to come alongside and enable us and strengthen us along the path of life. She's assigned the royal transportation, appointed a royal table, uh, admitted to a royal throne, ascribed a royal title. Lastly, finally, she is allotted a royal testimony. Royal testimony. I can see this chariot as it pulls up to her house, you know. The servant snappily gets out, opens the door to the chariot, and offers his hand to Miss Ruth. She gets out and she steps on the path that leads back to her, her little house. And with a bow, the king's chariot, they mount the chariot. And like a flash, they're gone down the street and, and turned towards Jerusalem. But before the dust ever settles, all the neighbors are cre creaning their neck to see out what's going on at Ruth's house. It's the king come to visit what is going on out there? Well, as soon as that chariot's out of the way, all the neighbors start gathering around. What happened? What was, what's going on over this, Miss Ruth? What in the world is going on? What is all this about? How did you get a ride in the king's chariot? She replies, oh, I got to see my great-grandson today, and he is the king. Just who is your great-grandson? Why, well, he's the king. I'm related to royalty. And I can imagine, and you will could too, if someone come around and said that they're related to royalty, that they're going to begin to weave a tale. And they're going to tell you all about how important they are that they're related to the royalty. And I imagine these neighbors were the same way. Oh boy, here it goes. She's going to start telling us how, how great she is being that grandmother. She's going to start bragging on herself and who she is and how important and great she is. But Ruth does no such thing. 
She doesn't tell them how great she is, but she tells them how great her king is. Her grandson David, how wonderful. Oh, you would not believe all the wealth of the king. And his throne room was spectacular and breathtaking. He allowed me to eat at his table. And there were all kinds of dignitaries there. But he showed me special attention. Great-grandmother Ruth had been allotted a royal testimony. She began to testify of the things that she had been, had been exposed to, had seen and heard. Hey, if you haven't seen anything and you haven't heard anything, you don't have any right to say anything. But those that have, those that have experienced, those that have seen, those that have felt, those that have known him, you have every right to tell what's just like the apostles, Acts 4.20. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You see, we as related to royalty don't need to go around bragging about what important family members we are. <laughs> How that we, we're the one, we're the cog that makes this thing turn. We're, we're the ones that are critical and the most important. No, we've got every right to brag on him. And brag on our Savior. Brag on the one who's merciful and gracious and kind. Make boast of His kindness. Sing His praises. Boast about His grace. Tell of His authority. Exalt His name. You've been allotted a royal testimony. Psalm 107, 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Praise God. We've been given a testimony. Something to say. I'm related to royalty. It's not about me. It's about Him and who He is and what He has done. Ruth ends, And Salmon beget Boaz, Boaz beget Obed, Obed beget Jesse, Jesse beget David. And you know what? This continues. You know what happens in this line, right? You go over to Matthew, Matthew chapter number 1, and guess whose name gets mentioned in the lineage of Jesus? Ruth. Ruth the Moabitess. Ruth, the one who was condemned but by the mercy of and grace of God is placed into a relationship of royalty. Same is true with you and I. To know Jesus Christ as Lord and say, Oh no, we might not look like much. Most of us are, comparatively speaking, live in rags and tatters. Like Prince Philip, the, the, the Prince of Wales, as he ran those streets. But if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you're related to royalty and never forgiven. We are ambassadors for Christ Jesus in this world. We've got a testimony. We've got transportation. We've got a table to eat at. There's a throne room we can enter. We've got a title. as Sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Are you related to royalty? If so, live the part. Invade that throne room. Feast at His table. Enjoy His fellowship. Let's stand to our feet every head bowed, every eye closed. I thank God for what the Bible teaches of our relationship to King Jesus. And there's a shadowy image of that in the book of Ruth. 
and one that we can identify with. If you're here today and you don't have that relationship, you've never come to faith in Jesus Christ, I beg you to come. Know Him. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. But if that is the case and you know Him, then enjoy that. Don't, don't, don't let months and years go by before you truly invade into His presence and seek His company and know His fellowship. Let it be your daily routine. Let it be your, your, your striving for every day, that intimate fellowship with King Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our relationship to Christ Jesus. I pray we leave here with a better understanding of it. God, I pray that you'd help us to always take advantage to enter that throne room, to eat from your table, to allow you to enable us by your Spirit to walk through this life in strength and enablement. God, I pray you'd help us to understand that. Father, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. The only reason we have this relationship is because of the amazing grace of God. Page number 57. If you're here today and don't know the Lord Jesus, you come. Come to Jesus.